everybody. Welcome back to Movie Buffs, a podcast where we are former CU buffs and we talk about movies. So, you know, pretty pretty literal. But uh, yeah, we're happy to be back. And uh, my name is Xandra McMahon and I am joined by... Uh, I'll go first. Jared Funk Bray, bringing the funk. <laughs> uh, Tommy Wood. I, I don't have a lot of funk. <laughs> and I'm Sam Ruth here, and my job is usually to ask if Jared brought the funk, but he uh, he brought so much funk that he just went ahead and told us, so it's a good sign for the podcast. Let's talk about a movie, shall we? We shall, Sam. And uh, today we're going to be talking uh, Eighth Grade, Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade, his directorial debut, which everyone oh. is you know raving about, very impressive, and... Um, uh, you know, I thought, though, an idea occurred to me that might be kind of fun. And before we get into the movie review portion of this, wouldn't it be fun if we all shared some awkward eighth grade stories of our own? And, oh, you know, God. just just reflected on that terrible time. I don't know. I... <laughs> Tommy, I feel like you've got some really good, embarrassing <laughs> eighth grade stories. So lay one on us and then we can proceed. <laughs> Wait, you're assuming that eighth grade was a terrible time? <laughs> yeah, it was. Tommy didn't relate to this movie at all. <laughs> no, I related to this movie a, a ridiculous amount just because I, I did have a pretty hard time in junior high. I was just a little dweeb, and I had uh, I was a year younger than everyone else in my class because I'd skipped a grade, so that already made me, you know kind of uncool and then i just had this crazy like frizzy shoulder length hair uh that was really curly and big ugly glasses and huge braces i was about the most stereotypical uh nerd you could possibly imagine um so yeah it was uh it was hard sometimes making friends with you know the kids who are considered cool or whatever like i was definitely uh picked on and you know it was uh it was rough. So when you see a movie like this, um, you know, it's, I think it's pretty easy to relate to for a lot of people. Jared, you sounded super eager to talk about eighth grade. You want to slide on in? <laughs> I don't know if I have to answer the, the, my personal eighth grade question, but I will say that there are definitely some moments in that movie where we a lot of us have all have all been there for sure. Um, my experience of eighth grade was a little different. I went to a really small Catholic school, and once you, and it only went to eighth grade. So like once we made it to eighth grade, we were like the kings of the world basically. And then we went to high school and public school in ninth grade, and it's kind of a whole new deal. So um, maybe not the exact grade, but there are definitely still some moments um in there that i could definitely uh relate to personally yeah i mean i uh it definitely brought back some memories i wasn't like thrilled to be living <laughs> this was it a was very uncomfortable movie yeah throughout. incredibly awkward time in my life i i was one of the first kids to kind of go through the non-glamorous parts of puberty such as acne um and I guess just being extremely uncomfortable. So that happened to be in eighth grade a lot. But no, I remember going to Washington, D.C. I went to a Nationals game. I had just gotten back together with my girlfriend. My first ever girlfriend. 
um, only to then dump her later in the summer in a moment of righteous moral. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we made out a lot. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> wow, eighth grade Sam getting it in. Good for you, man. That's that's. It, it was nowhere. It was nowhere near in for the record, but um, <laughs> there was a lot of swap and spit and uh, spending a lot of time at the local theater that summer. Do you ever stick braces? Spending my parents' money. Thankfully, no. My I only had braces through sixth grade. Uh, they were on and off pretty early, so oh, really? that's I was good. Nice. Yep, yep, that's that's me. And then high school was also awkward. I think we can all agree on that. Still awkward also, actually. Yeah, I got one more too that I just thought of that is pretty good if you guys want me to share it. But Zan, I think you're up, so... The only embarrassing thing, I mean, I don't know. I was a really awkward kid, and I think the most embarrassing thing was I was really, really into Twilight my eighth grade year because it was, like, really big then. And I was totally one of those girls who was, like, so into it and just just obsessively geeky about it. And, like, I even, like, got, like, a, a haircut from one of the characters. <laughs> I had, like the short spiky haircut of Alex <laughs> Cullen and it was really bad so you know nobody was were you uh, team Edward or Jacob I was definitely team Edward because I was like really into the whole vampire thing just like ooh vampires are so cool and is anyone ever team Jacob it seems they always just put team Jacob out there to make people more team Edward my little sister was aggressively Team Jacob. Oh, okay, they exist. Yeah. I see. I don't. I don't know anything about the series. I never watched or read anything. I just knew there were teams. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive, Sam. Like you have to. I'm an you impressive have to actively guy. go out of your way to not know anything about that series. I I was never even tempted. Not a single time when I ever saw a book or movie and thought maybe it's time. I I just. Harry Potter, I'm still, to this day, I'm currently rereading Harry Potter. I'm still just good on that side of things. Good. Well, that's not a series you have to be ashamed of, so cheers to that. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> um, okay, so are we are we moving on to the movie review portion now? Let's let's talk about the actual movie. Yeah, let's do it. Wait, what about your what about your other eighth grade movie, Tommy? I'm sorry. My other, other eighth grade eighth movie grade story. <laughs> story. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So I I thought of this. Uh, uh, so probably like the most personally humiliating thing that happened to me in eighth grade is um you know those kind of paper folding games where you know you play with your friends and you you know you move the paper and you guess and stuff like that. Uh, they were doing one for like you know kids you wouldn't want to make out, have to make out with. A bunch of kids were, and I happened Aww. to walk by. My name was on it, so I was like, oh, "That's so mean." Fuck, like I was like, "That's fucked up." Uh, it's a it's a cruel age. Yeah, um, that is so I, mean. I so, had a group of friends who was all pretty funny, and I was like I said, already very awkward and not as funny as them in the moment. So whenever I tried to make a joke that wasn't funny, they would all do a high five backwards, and that would signal a Sam joke that wasn't funny. <laughs> They had their own high five for you. <laughs> it happened that often that they had to create something to make fun of me for doing it. So, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so I think the takeaway from both real life and the movie is that uh, teenagers are mean. <laughs> okay, but, you know... Oh, sorry, Jared. I keep, like... <laughs> no, it's okay. On that note, though, one thing that my girlfriend and I consistently say in movies about, like, youth and, like, coming of age is, like, no one is that mean. Like, no one would actually do these things. I mean, Bo Burnham's movie came close to, like, actually, like, depicting how teenagers would be mean, you know, just, like, the whole, like, oh, I'm just not even gonna look up at you because you're so awkward. But, like, some of the things that happens and, like, making fun, it's just, like, maybe we had really nice experiences in childhood, but we're both just, like, this wouldn't happen. This is, like, kids aren't this kind of mean. Like, it's not that kind of mean, you know? Are you saying this movie was or wasn't realistic? I'm saying it was more realistic. There were certain lines, but but in terms of of the spectrum, like I think that this movie did a better job of showing, you know, what kinds of mean kids are. I think it did a good job of like if you described this movie except for a few parts, it would sound really boring. But he did a good job of like showing how these seemingly small things in a teenage girl's life, you know, society generally doesn't take them very seriously. He did a good job of making them real and showing, you know, why we should take them seriously. So I think that's the main thing I took from the movie itself. There are definitely some more serious parts that we can get into, but for the most part, I think that seemingly was kind of what the theme of the movie was for me. Yeah, I, I uh, totally just the emotions that I could feel being there and how like legitimately it took me back to 10 years ago in my life. Uh, just And I'm not a female, but um, just that uncomfortableness with like who you are and, and your body and like what you're supposed to stand for. And I mean, we didn't have social media to the degree that, that she does in the film, and that plays a huge role I'm sure we'll get into. But um, just trying to figure out how if what you're doing is good or how you can start doing good things if you're not doing good things like that's just such a struggle for her the whole film and it's very relatable and it and it does feel very yeah, real. it really captured like how at that age you're feeling those uh, so all these emotions for the first time and because you you probably don't have the life experience with which to deal with them um you know, everything can feel like, you know, like the end of the world. And these seemingly trivial things feel like your world because, you know, for all that you know, they are. Yeah, I feel like the trivialness of it is is definitely one thing that stuck out to me. But, like, making it so serious, I mean, and I think that is embodied perfectly in the pool scene, the pool party scene, when, you know, she... It's, like, almost shot like a scene out of a horror film, you know? Like, it's, like, <laughs> the music and... You know, the, the the way that things are happening. And I just thought that he did a great job of making the mundane seem so, um, it, you know, so fun to watch and also so, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like, like the stakes are really high in these mundane instances. Yeah, I like, I'm intrigued that you call it a horror film because, uh, or that you compared that scene to one because I was reading this review in the New York Times and they said the same thing. The reviewer said it was um you know more like a horror film than a comedy so i'm curious like is that how you see this movie do you see this as a comedy like how would you even classify this movie genre wise imdb says comedy and drama yeah yeah but what do you say Jared? the bible has spoken yeah. 
Um, it was, I don't know if scary is the right word, but I was very, very uncomfortable because I have been in similar situations and like we said, it is different. Um, it is cause we're like old now and stuff. So that was like 10 years ago and society is different, but, uh, yeah, the pool scene obviously, but just, um, the way, um, I guess she struggles to connect and, but her relationship with her father is, I think, meaningful too and something we can talk about, but, um, yeah, I kind of went on a tangent, but I do, <laughs> I, the, the genre, I mean, it, on its face, you do immediately just want to say, oh, it's a comedy, and, I mean, I think the humor carries the day, even in that scene, like, <laughs> it builds up all this tension, but then she tries to walk outside and can't pull the door open all the way. There's, there's little things like that everywhere that it's really building up, except for, I guess, the scene in, in the car with the kid. That's just tension, and that's probably the like an emotional peak of the film. Um, but everywhere else, there's always a little bit of comedy to take the edge off. So I, I, I would say that, that the Bible is correct in this case. It is a, a drama and comedy, but in reverse order. Yeah, that, that car scene really took me by surprise i mean i was not i I, going into that film i didn't expect to see such a serious scene and i think that they handled it well though like they they shot it like tastefully and and i'm and i'm you know and i'm glad that like you know it didn't become this like really horrible situation because it definitely could have and but i think the suspense and like the what if was enough for the viewers you know to not actually make it something really awful i also feel to have that scene and to pull it off successfully where like that kid gets in the back seat with her and you're like oh jesus what is about to happen you know like the 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 film is so realistic and believable to that point that you're like all right right, it's rated r like if it's gonna go this way like who knows what's about to happen and then later on when she's going through all the emotional stuff i was like is she gonna be okay you know so that was one of the biggest things for me walking out like i not only felt an emotional attachment to that character but just was so invested in the whole little world of this film that I was willing to suspend belief and be like, whatever happens to this character, like it's not necessarily all going to be okay. Although I assumed it would be, and it ended up being that way. But uh, yeah, there there yeah. felt like some real stakes in there. I was gonna say it kind of reminds me of the uh, of the Breakfast Club in that way, where you know the way that movie deals with themes of like suicide, where you don't know at the end of that movie if the kid is still going to be okay. And, you know, with what happened in the car is something that could have, um, you know, dealt with something. It, it could have turned into something that would have affected her for the rest of her life. If, like, the movie had ended after that, I would just, I would feel awful for, like, days on end, I think. And I think they uh, did do a good job of coming to a reasonably hopeful, but still, um, it, it, it wasn't very dark, is what I would say. It's very realistic. And um, the way she kind of reconnects with her father at the end can really give you hope. And her final, I guess you can call it vlog or whatever she was doing, where she was able to look at things in a new light and, you know, have a future to be excited about, um, which is really all you need at, at that age is to have hope for a better tomorrow. And it kind of, in in a very intense moment kind of seemed like she could be broken and so I think it treaded a very close line but it got to a place where I I felt 
yeah. happy for her and you know she still had hope and it wasn't all for naught yeah so i'm i'm curious if you guys because like i mean i would call this a coming of age movie but it's you know it's a really unconventional kind of coming of age movie and so i'm curious if you guys typically like those kinds of movies do you because i'm i'm honestly i'm a really big fan of coming of age like that genre i you know i love you know perks of big wallflower and you know just like junk like that and so i'm wondering you know if, if if you guys are drawn to those movies too or if this is something like if this is a an anomaly for you yeah i mean i i am a fan if it's done well you know almost famous is is a great example i mean that's pulling it off about as well as you can um you know ferris bueller that is a classic um yeah, I, I, I typically am kind of drawn to that, not not necessarily drawn to that drama, but it uh, that genre, but it's it's one that everyone can relate to. So when it's done well, um, like I think it is in eighth grade, it's, uh, you know, it's a really it's really easy to make a good film that a lot of people can can look at and see themselves in. Yeah, for sure. Um, Boyhood is one that always comes to mind for me. It's one of the most unique films I feel that's come out in, in our lifetime, I guess, just the way it was made. And, and that is really like not only coming of age in terms of the, the plot, but watching somebody grow up and change. So um, that's an isolated example. But but I think the kind of narrative and, and truths of a coming of age story just resonate so well with life because we all age, hopefully, for a long time. And uh, I'm going to end my thought there and let Jared talk. Um, yeah, it was interesting you mentioned Boyhood. I was having a hard time thinking of any, you know, comparable films. But, no, I mean, that's what any story about is about anyway, is someone going through a journey and coming out different in the end and hopefully, you know, being a better and more understanding person. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of, coming of age stories uh, this it's interesting it on the surface it kind of seems like it does follow a lot of tropes but i think it is very unique in its own right and its subject matter and its character and like the modernity of it so i think it was able to you know maybe stick to its genre but also offer some very new um aspects aspects to it i would say I was just going to say, I like that you brought up the modernity of this movie, just because I, I'm, I'm curious if you guys see this as like a zeitgeist film, because when I look at the way it deals with, um, you know, with Instagram, with the way she's always, you know, scrolling through girls' feeds, uh, through the popular girls' feeds, or the way, you know, she projects confidence online to nobody, despite her own insecurity, we've never seen a movie kind of address, you know, modern social interaction the way this one does, especially for young people. It, throughout, um, it's her, the way she tries to interact with the internet and just shouts into the void, the way all of her classmates are constantly staring at their phones. Um, the second it cut to that first auditorium scene when they're talking about the superlatives, I was like, oh my God, this must be what it's like in every middle school in the country. These kids are just staring at their phones constantly. How does anything get done? Uh, and, uh, you know, old man screaming on his porch, I guess, in some way. But also, you have to wonder, like, this is just a part of people's lives once they reach the age of 11 or 12 or whenever. Um, it, it got to the point for me that it was such a dominant theme in the film that when she's lighting the fire at the end, I thought she was going to light her phone on fire at first. 
And then I was like, no, that's unrealistic. Phones are too essential to modern life. Like, and, and my conclusion was just so depressing. Like, there's no way out. Like, we had, she can't. She has to stay connected to, <laughs> to, to her phone and to the internet. So, yeah, for sure. I think there's huge commentary there. And it can't be ignored that it's this Bo Burnham's film. And the reason we know his name at all and he's in this position is because he was one of the first big YouTube stars. And that's how he made his, uh, you know, made his foray into the world of comedy and art. Wow. I didn't know that. It was, yeah, I looked him up a little bit afterwards. He has a couple of uh, comedy specials on Netflix, too. And there was one part that he was talking about how social media essentially is like a performance. Um, You're performing for the entire world, and that can put a lot of pressure on you because, you know, it just can create a lot of undue pressure and... I mean, he says he's very, his stand-up is very ironic, and he, he's, it's kind of hard to read exactly what he means, but it definitely makes sense that someone like this um, made, made this movie and included social media so much into it, and can kind of show how that has so much of an effect on the behaviors and the life of someone who's still like developing their thoughts about the world and trying to figure out how, you know, to navigate everything. So he has, and I think he did a lot of research in how high schoolers and and eighth, I guess, eighth graders, you know, use, use these platforms. Um, And that, I mean, that is the way I had to have two sisters. One of them, she will be in seventh grade next year. Um, I'm not, I'm still an old man. Like I'm, for the most part, I'm like over social media and like, I don't really give a shit anymore, but it is, it is still a very important part of people's lives. And I think we do need to address it and we need to figure out if we're going to have this in in our culture, how we're, how we're going to approach it. And I think, I think this is a start to look at it seriously and to look at it how, how can it, how it can affect one individual so much. I completely agree. Like, I just, I think that this film, another service that it does, I mean, it, it it does a service of, of, of showing us a really authentic eighth grade experience and, you know, giving us something we can all relate to. But then the other service it does is like really like visualizing all of our technology fears of like, you know, what is technology doing to this generation? How is it crippling them? And I, cause I, you know, that's a stance that I have. I really think that it is crippling this generation. And so, you know, to be able to see that on screen happening in real time, I mean, it was just like, Ooh, it kind of gave me chills a few times, you know, when like those, those, those scenes of her, like listening to music and scrolling and scrolling and endlessly scrolling. I mean, it was just like overwhelming. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, that it really, it does that service of, of embodying, our, our fears about technology and, and, you know, if we're going to lose some kind of human connection and, um, but yeah, and I'm also glad that we're getting on the whole Bo Burnham thing. So I want to talk more about him and his directorial debut and, um, but Tommy, you should, you should talk. <laughs> well, there's just one nugget that, I, that, um, from the IMDB, uh, trivia page that I found kind of telling of kind of the movie's messages at what some of the movie's themes as a whole was that, uh, Bo Burnham, he's only 27, he's not that old, but he originally wanted all the communication in the movie to be done over Facebook, and Elsie Fisher, the lead actress, 
uh, she told him no, <laughs> that nobody uses Facebook, and then they switched it to Insta and Snapchat instead. I mean, he's 27 years old. You know, it's not it's not like he's particularly out of touch. But to this generation, um, you know, he might as well be an old man. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. Nobody uses Facebook I, anymore. Only our parents are on Facebook now. It's true. <laughs> I, uh, I can't believe you guys weren't. I mean, I, I can. Um, I totally knew about this guy, full stop as a youtube guy i i knew about him i just had not really explored i did He's not from know Mass. he directed this before the movie yeah and i he was on bill simmons podcast so i already heard him talk about her for a while too um but i knew about him way before then i saw his videos maybe when i was in middle school if not high school there's my whole family thinks i'm gay there's 3.14 apple pie there's i can't think of any of the other ones but those are the two ones i remember and these videos have, like, millions of views. It's delightful. Um, but now here he is. And so, Zan, you said maybe we should talk about the fact that it's this guy's first ever movie. Um, yeah, what a way to go. To write a movie about a 13-year-old girl and pull it off. And he did it. But I saw, I was reading up before this, um, he was originally just writing about anxiety as a teenager in general and this character ended up being the one he resonated with the most so he decided to focus it on her so i mean it makes sense he seems like a pretty awkward dude but uh still just knocked it out of the park in my opinion it just felt so real i don't know what else do you guys think about this being this guy's first movie to both write and direct like i said i didn't know who directed it beforehand i probably should have looked it up like i got out of the theater i'm like okay i want to know who made this movie and I just saw his picture at first. I'm like, what the? This guy is like looks like my age. Like, how did how did this happen? Um, but I was reading a little bit about it too. Um, I guess stand up because he kind of wanted to get into stand up, and he was just like, this gives me too much anxiety. I can't do this anymore. So it's kind of his way to be creative and be a little bit more particular. And I don't want to say hide behind the camera, but you know kind of do something different yeah and I, I just wonder if there's something to you know a first-time director and not having the weight of expectations or the weight of any um you know type of crit you know creative blueprint um that they've adhered to before so it's really i i think it's easier to go into a movie like this with an open mind um you know or a movie like uh, the last one we talked about hereditary um, which was also directed by a first-time director um, is if you look back in the last, you know, 18 months, there have been a lot of, um, really successful commercial and, cur uh, commercially and critically, uh, successful movies that were directed by first time guys, even going back to like get out, um, with Jordan Peele. So I wonder if, uh, you know, we're kind of seeing a, a surge in, uh, you know, really creative young filmmaker makers making a splash early. I think all three films you mentioned are A24 movies. Yeah, yeah, they might be onto something. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think they are, I'm not an expert on them, but they have been willing to um, take lots of chances on, they did the one with Harry Potter guy where he's dead, and they, Swiss Army Man. You know Man. what I'm talking about? Why can't I? Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Army Man. Oh, he's uh, dead? I, I never uh, saw him. Yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole point of the they movie. They also though. did It Follows and the Witch. Yeah, so they... 
I think they've had a few very large misses, though, um, that I'd never heard of. But they're definitely out there taking risks, with which I think is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's smart. I mean, you gotta... In this day and age where there's not a whole lot of creativity beyond, like, superheroes and sequels, it's like, you know, you need to, you need to take risks. And, 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 you know, like, we don't hear about the flops. We don't know about them. Can't name any of the flops. So we just remember the good ones. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, with Bo Burnham, I had heard about him just through his stand-up. And I had, I've watched, I've seen Make Happy, that the one special which is done entirely in song and that was new to me and so going into eighth grade I was you know had that in my mind and I was like okay this is probably going to be you know pretty like avant-garde and and odd and different and and it was and it was great though it delivered and um I think some of the things he did to like research the film were really interesting I remember reading somewhere in an interview where he said he like googled eighth grade pool parties for like a while and he's like you know he's on a list he's on a list somewhere now and I, he mentions that he's like yeah if anybody went through like my computer history they'd be like who the hell is this guy <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah I mean I think he did uh, a stellar job of creating characters that you can really connect with and um, I don't know where he found the lead actress but she was phenomenal um and I was so happy that he, you know, casted age-appropriate actors, like, for the first time ever. Like, no one as no one ever does that. <laughs> and these kids all looked like they were 13. And that was one of my other, like, favorite little details in the film, is, like, when she sees her crush, and it's this really dramatic music, and he's, like, flipping his hair, and it's just this, like, little kid, and you just, like, have to crack up, because you're like, it's this little twerp, like, but she's all like, oh my god. In the video of him flexing on his Instagram, <laughs> and she starts like pretending she's making out with him, and it's just like exactly he's this scrawny little prepubescent punk. Um, what did you guys think about the way that the relationship between the lead actress and her dad played out? Obviously, that's central. Um, I thought he was great too, Josh Hamilton. Uh, what'd you guys think though? No, I thought he was great. I think it was. A realistic representation of a father and daughter both wanting the best for each other but you know that can be different things and there can be conflict there um, but in the end um, they both are they both love each other a lot and the speech he gave at the end was to her or I don't even know if you can call a speech just when they're at the campfire at the end I think it was very heartfelt um, yeah, I got it. easy to get a little emotion there, emotional there uh, when you hear words like that. But they, they did that very well. Um, I would say it reminded me if you saw "Call Me by Your Name." There's a similar speech from a father at the end. It kind of brought me back to that. But yeah, I um, I, I related to that a lot. I had a really antagonistic relationship with my mom throughout. Uh, really junior high, high school, and like most of college, um, we just, yeah, we, we didn't get along well. There were stretches where we didn't talk to each other at all. Um, but, you know, now I have a better relationship with her than I ever have. Um, so seeing that, I, I really identified with that conflict and that resolution at the end. Um, 
that was I thought that was really well done yeah I definitely agree and um you know during that speech I definitely came out thinking like he's the dad that everybody wants you know he's just like everybody wants to hear that kind of speech and and you know through the whole movie I mean there was never a moment where I really disliked the dad I mean I thought he was kind of dumb for like following her to the mall and watching her but like I guess when you have that socially you know that kind of socially awkward daughter you know then and and she's going out with friends then you'd be curious and you'd be like really what does this look like but curious or being protective yeah um maybe a little bit of both i don't know what do you guys think i want to go 90 10 protective curious yeah that sounds about right so oh elsie fisher the la actress by the way i i just looked her up she was previously in despicable me uh she voiced the youngest daughter agnes and that was literally it. Uh, yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. There you go. Her claim yeah. to fame. Hidden gem. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm glad we can <laughs> yeah. see her yeah. face and, now. And Josh Hamilton, um, too, the actor who, who played her dad. I have another question. And literally nothing I recognize in his filmography. So, uh, I mean, Bo Burnham did a great job of getting... Uh, you know, just great performances out of um, people who, you know, either didn't have a lot of prominence or a lot of experience or both. Looks like Josh Hamilton was in the born <laughs> identity. That. So that's cool. <laughs> Throwback. Can we talk about the Gabe character? Just how hilarious Gabe. that guy yeah. was. Yeah. Oh, he was such was a goofball. Dying. I was dying. He was like the first, like, really comedic character in the pool. It's like so tense. Like, yeah. all these kids are assholes. And he's just and like, this, I don't care. Yeah, and this goofball just comes up from the, from the. Yeah, I just loved him. It was Rick and Morty impressions. Szechuan <laughs> <laughs> sauce. Date at the end. Yeah. Also made me leave like with a very warm heart. Eddie, oh what? It, oh that! I didn't mean to leave that certificate out, but yeah, it's not that cool. But I won Archer of the Week. Yeah, that was so. It was so tenderly awkward. <laughs> It was amazing, yeah. Um, all right, well, any other lingering thoughts, closing thoughts, guys? I feel like we can we can kind of put a bow on this here pretty soon. Gotta, I'm the one who saw it today, so I have all the all the front of mind things. Um, how about the the school shooter yeah. preparedness? Wow, oh Topical, yeah, right. And they're not it taking it seriously. Few, but I was just gonna say it only lasted for like a few seconds. I wasn't sure if that was gonna be like a big thing, and then it just like ended. Well, and then they also practiced a lockout, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess when I was growing up through public and, and just, like, middle school and high school, we practiced lockouts. But the, like, standing in a hallway watching your friends pretend to get shot and die, like, that that was never a thing I had to go through. So that was new. I thought the yeah. soundtrack was cool. There's this pool song I had heard before, and it kind of took me off guard. I forget. She's, like, an electronic artist. And um, so that was cool i just thought it was a very interesting artistic uh decision for a very smallish movie to have such a grandiose uh music backdrop i thought it was cool i thought it worked i have something else was anybody else pissed they couldn't go see this with their movie pass the hell movie pass get it together i saw it with my movie pass why did you not see it with your movie pass they that the theaters I went to, none of them had. You can't go see eighth grade on Movie Pass anymore because they changed all their shit in the last week. Yeah, they they, they restrict you from seeing certain like popular movies, um, or they charge you for it. 
well now the the whatever plan I pay for now, there's like a lineup every day of movies I can go see. Oh, that's ridiculous. I haven't looked at it in like a week. So I need to look at it. It's a dying it. ship, oh, boys. This is not what I paid for. I mean, their whole strategy was to get as many people as they could by making it cheap and then just slowly adding on stuff and see if people would just go with it. No, I'm going to be an AMC Stubbs member. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening to this uh, this this uh, chat about 8th grade. And uh, if you liked it, I don't know, come back maybe again next month or week. I don't know, whenever we'll do another one of these. There's no promises on this podcast. It's a very uh, loosey-goosey kind of situation. We do what we want, when we want. We under we under promise and over-deliver. <laughs> Damn straight. All right. Well, um, yeah. All right. Say goodnight, guys. Farewell. Fare thee well. Good night, boss. Peace out. Bye.